Folks, welcome to our community. This is Saratoga Best. Where do we get our strength? What does that mean that we have strength and where do we get our strength for, from? And what do we do with it? Our spiritual strength. Well, when it comes to Parshas Matas Masai, we know we're going to say, in Shul, Chazak, Chazak, Vanis Chazek. We're going to end the fourth Sefer in the Chumash, and we're going to say, Chazak, Chazak, Vanis Chazek, which means we're going to get that Kayach, that, that strength, and use it in the world. So that's what's unique about, about this particular Shabbos. And um, it shows, when we say chazak, chazak, it shows on the chazak, the strength of Yidin in all things of Tyrus. And it's three times. So there's something about it being even stronger because it's three times. So what we want to know is, why now? Why are we getting this kind of strength now? And also, remember, five times we say chazak, chazak, finish chazak. When we finish, Breshish, Shmait, Vayikra, Bamidbar, and Dvarm. The unique thing about this, finishing this Sefer is, on some level, there are four Svarim in the Chumash, and the fifth one is called Mishnatira. It kind of repeats everything and sums up everything that we heard in the first four. So this Shabbos, we're about to come to the summation of the whole Chumash on some level before we review it and repeat it. So we're coming to the end. It's almost like a certain kind of Simchas Taira when we come to the end of reading the Taira and then we're going to go into a new phase, a higher level. So on some level, we're coming to that this Shabbos. But it's a really strange time because after all, it's in the three weeks. And the three weeks, ostensibly, are very weak. And we're very weak. The three weeks is the destruction of the base of Mikdash. And if the Mikdash is within us too, it's the destruction of our personal Mikdash. We're extremely weak. So maybe we say Chazak, Chazak, when it's Chazak, because we need strengthening when we're so weak. Or maybe there's something else to it. Because what's the other thing? It's not just we're weak and we need strengthening, so we say chazak chazak. But the truth is that the chizik itself is connected to the time. There's a unique chizik in this time that you can't get any other time. In the three weeks, and this year is going to be Rosh Chaydish of, it's going to be the first day of the of the nine days. That's about as weak as they get. Well, weaker than that is Tishaba, but it's 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 in a sense the most the weakest Shabbos of the whole year. And there's a power in this weak Shabbos that's something very holy. We're not talking about, you know, we need to strengthen against the darkness. There's a light in this great darkness. How do we know? Look at the name of this Shabbos. Because the name tells you what it is. It's called Shabbos Chazak. Meaning the Teichon of this Shabbos, in the three weeks, and beginning the nine days, is Chizuk. We get strength from this Shabbos. Chizuk and everything we do in Torah Mitzvah, which is what all the four Sarm 
of the Chumash are all about. They tell us our story and they of the past and our story of the present and the future. Where we're going. What are we doing with all of this? What are we here to do? We're coming to the end of this whole, where did I come from? Where am I now? Where are we going? And that's true power. So, the connection of Chazak, Chazak, and Nishchaseh to the Parsha also, Makas Masai, that's another, it's another hint at how there can be so much power in such a weak time. Matas Masai. Sometimes we just, sometimes we just read Masai about journeys. And sometimes we read Matas and read Matas and Masai together. So sometimes we'll say Chazak Chazak on Masai. And sometimes we'll say it on Matas Masai. So what's it all about? So you could say that chazak, strength, has to do with matas. Matas is a matas, a stick. A stick is strong. If you want to move something from one side of the room to the other, you take a stick or a sophisticated stick. In fact, what did they do in the times of the Babylonians and the Romans during the three weeks? They used sticks. What they used sticks for, they were called battering rams. Giant, they took the biggest trees they had, the biggest tree, um, uh, they cut down logs from trees. I don't know if they put, they probably put iron heads on the end. And they were called battering rams. They would bang away at something that they wanted to break. According to, you know, it seems incredibly unsophisticated now, but that's the way they did it. And for those three weeks, they were using battering rams on the wall around Yerushalayim. They were using sticks, big sticks. They're called battering rams. That's real strength. Why did they use them? That's the strongest thing they had at the time. These sticks. So Mata and Matais shows on strength. And not only that, a mata is the scepter, the ruling scepter. So it's two things. The king would always have a ruling scepter. And what would that ruling scepter be telling you? I am the king. The sovereignty belongs to me and my family forever. We, we are solid. This is our solid power. Don't start up with us. That's what his his ruling scepter told us. When Achashverosh stretched out his ruling scepter to Esther, he changed the decree from she's forbidden to come approach him to she's permitted. What did he do it with? This stick. So we're saying a stick is literally strong. And it's rep, and it represents the ruling nobility, the king and his family with the ruling scepter, Matai. So you would think that if we're going to say Chazak Chazak Benis Chazek, 
We're going to say it at the end of Parsha's Matais. It's all about strength, power, etc. Now let's leave that for a second and look at Masai. What's Masai? Masai means journeys. You're traveling. You're in one place. You put down roots. Whenever you're in a place, say even if you, you go you go to a you go to a place to eat. You sit down on a chair. You sit there for 25 minutes. You sort of root yourself. You get comfortable in that place. And you sort of make a little, you know, you sort of, if you could see energetically, you probably energetically put down invisible roots that kind of connect you to that place. And there you are. And we said yesterday, our Avaita is when you're sitting in that chair, you go to the pizza shop, and you're sitting in that chair and you're eating your pizza, what are you supposed to do? Machto Eretz Make that place with a chair and a pizza shop at a table. But you're supposed to, and it's not a particularly holy place, or it might be very unholy. And your job is to make Eretz in that place. Which means that you have to put down very strong roots. Because you yourself are Yisrael. You are the embodiment of Yisrael. The land of Yisrael is literally Eretz Yisrael. The land of Yisrael is also the place where you, Yisrael, are standing or sitting. And since every our whole way of acquiring the land of Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael was conquering, settling, and dividing, wherever we go when we're making air to fill in that place, you're rooting in that place. You're conquering that spot, maybe for 20 minutes, maybe for 10 minutes, maybe for 45 minutes. You go to a fancy restaurant, maybe for two hours. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. You're sitting somewhere on the grass. You're conquering that space. You're putting down roots. It's yours now. It's, you've now purchased it for Hashem. Bought up more real estate for Hashem. Obviously, then, you claimed it for Hashem. So by definition, you put down roots for a few minutes, a few seconds. Now, what are you going to do when you have to go to the next place? When you're going to go to the next place, you have to uproot yourself from this place that you just rooted yourself in. Pull out the roots and go to the next place while traveling. You're no longer in one place. You're moving from place to place. So Maasai is an energy of you root, you uproot. You root, you uproot. You root, you uproot. You root, you uproot. That's not easy. That's not when you're feeling that you're strongest. In fact, it says about Avram Avinu that when Hashem told him to travel, and Rashi says, when a person is traveling, he's not at his strongest. When is he at his strongest? When he is in his home, deeply rooted, this is my place, and he's in his home base, and he can operate from there. But traveling, he's not at his best. He's not at his strongest. 
So Masai means constantly traveling. That means you're definitely not at your strongest. And Masai means completely, so completely uprooting from the former place that you completely uproot from your previous place to a place that's infinitely different energy. Completely, you're gone totally from the previous place and now you're in a new place. And you do it again and again and again. That does not seem to produce strength. You're never in a place long enough to, you know, set up roots. I remember when many years ago in university, I met a woman who said uh, her husband was a professor in the university and he would be offered positions in different universities. So every five years they would be moving. And it was, I remember he said her name was Toby and he said, getting a little too hard for Toby to keep running and moving so many times. Because Toby, when she got to a new place, she would get to know the people around, where's the post office, where's the this, where's the stores, where's it. She would get to know her sviva and start to settle in and feel comfortable. And off there is the throw. And just when she would start to feel, ah, this is my place, he would say, ah, got the next job at the next university. We're off again and it was getting too hard he said Toby's getting a little too old to keep on running it was just it was just too emotionally difficult and too physically difficult for her to do so she wasn't at her strength she was at her strength when she was settled so Masai how is it that we say Chazak Chazak Benit Chazek on Masai when you're not at your best and you're, you're just, you're never rooted. So, and the interesting thing is, let's look at it. We always say chazak, chazak, chazak in Parsha's Masai. We often say it also in Masai and Masai, but we will always say it with Masai. So it turns out that the true strength of chazak, chazak, chazak actually applies to Masai. So what's that all about? That's when we have our true strength, when we're completely uprooting and going to the next, and again uprooting and going to the next, and again uprooting. That's our true strength. Or is it that that's when we really need strength? But here, the Sikha is saying, no, that's when we have, that is our true inner strength. So let's just spend a couple of minutes seeing what that is about it being our true strength. So, Chazaka is always in three. And especially a three times three. Chazaka means, you know, it's a Chazaka, you know. But a threefold Chazaka, when we say Chazak, means it's strong. It, it went through a process of three. You, know, you introduced it, you kind of dealt with the pitfalls of it, and now you came to a, a certain um, comfort with it. But when you say chazak, chazak, chazak three times, it really shows, what does it show? When you, it shows you that when you are standing in the place of an opponent, you're standing there and there's your enemy. Your enemy doesn't have to be a person. 
Your enemy can be the feeling of disruption that your husband's getting new positions in the university all the time and you have to keep moving and you just, you're just not, you just can't adjust. So your sensitive, you know, your inability to adjust to these constant changes is your enemy at that point. It's your, it's a problem. It's a monogamy. So when you're standing there, in that, we know the number one shows on a situation that is just good to begin with. Hashem created the world on day one. It was just a good world. There was no opposition. The concept of opposition didn't exist. It didn't exist. It was just, this is what it is and it's good. That's number one. What is number two? Number two is, now we introduce opposition. Hifchalkos, division, and even machlaikos. Meaning, now there are two things. So, for instance, in America we know there's Sunday. That's day one. People think, wow, Sunday's so great, vacation day or whatever. Little time off, take a little trip through the countryside, make a barbecue, and then Monday. What does all of America say about Monday? Well, up until Corona, now nobody goes to work anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> up until Monday, Monday, everybody says, I hate Mondays. Why? Back to the grind of the opposition. That's what they think. What is the Monday energy? Doing stuff that I don't like to do. Life is hard. Sunday is about ah, enjoying, you know, taking in the goodness of life. Monday is about, oh, boy, I'm not ready for this. This one's going to be tough. I've got to do what I've got to do, and I just I can't deal with it. That's Monday. Because on Monday, what did Hashem create on the second day of creation? He created the division of the water. On Sunday, you just had water everywhere. And the spirit of Hashem and the spirit of Mashiach was hovering over the water. Perfect. Here's a world. It's all water. And water is water of knowledge. It's a flowing of knowledge and deep truth. Yay. And and the spirit of Mashiach is hovering over this water. What could be bad? The spirit of Mashiach is everywhere. Water is everywhere. And the spirit of Mashiach is there, in it. Well, that's good. If good is good, then better is better. You've got a lot of good. You've got the spirit of Mashiach everywhere. That was the first day of creation. But on the second day of creation, Hashem divided the waters. Oh, good morning. Now you have division. You know, everybody talks in the world about we have to have access as opposed to what? As opposed to division. Second day of creation, Hashem created division. Once he divided the upper waters from the lower waters, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened. There was a sadness. They missed each other. The upper and lower waters, they longed to be back together. It seemed like an unnatural state. 
very difficult state. There is an day two introduces opposition. And day three introduces introduces the strength of when you're facing the opponent and yet you're standing in the full strength of holiness. Okay. Let me explain it for a second. The threefold process in motivation. Person wants to eat healthy. New resolution. Yay, I'm only going to eat healthy. There's the world of what is Ichudim and then Berudim. I think um, in 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 Kabbalistic worlds. Sunday is the world of unity, as we said. So just pick this project. I'm going to eat only healthy and lose 30 pounds. I have one singular intent. That's the Sunday energy, number one. I only have one thing in mind. Number two energy. I go somewhere to eat with everybody else and they have these amazing pastries. Oh, no. Now I'm facing an opponent. What's the opponent? I know I, I'm, I'm planning to lose 30 pounds and eat only healthy from yesterday on. But, look at all those pastries. I want them. But, I want to lose 30 pounds and eat only healthy. So now these two things are opposing each other. I am now standing, facing oppositional energy. I'm just, I'm pulled in two directions. Just like the upper waters and the lower waters. On day two, the energy of number two is, I'm pulled in two directions. I want to be healthy, but I want to eat the pastries. What do I do? And that will often cause what's called Shvirtha Kalim. It's too much for me. I can't deal with this, this dichotomy. So at some point, people just give up. Forget it. I don't care about being healthy. I don't care about anything. Who cares? Shvirtha Kalim. I just, I, I give up. Because it's hard to face the dichotomy. But what's stage three? Stage three is there's a power there. I'm still facing the opponent. Those pastries are still staring me in the face. But as long as I had a plan to lose 30 pounds and nothing was, nothing came along to to, um, challenge it, Perfect. Perfect plan. I didn't test it out yet. It's a, it was a very fragile plan because I didn't test it out yet. Just in theory. Once I'm standing facing this opposition, now if I work through this opposition, when I come to stage three, stage three means I use the opposition as a way to strengthen my resolve. So now I'm really resolved to lose the 30 pounds and eat healthy. While I'm looking at those pastries, I tune into a level of strength and determination in myself that I wouldn't be able to have if it weren't tested by 
challenged by an opponent. So number three is a commitment to my number one goal after I've dealt with the opponent. Because in number one goal, you know, I have a plan. People say, well, what are you going to do if you, you know, go to a wedding every night and they have all these pastries? I don't know. I don't want to. Th- so people will often say, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I have a phone call. I can't talk to you now. They can't deal with it. So number one is not a very strong, it's, it's not the real strength. You don't know what you're going to do if you have an opponent. Number three is you face the opponent. And you use that oppositional energy to make yourself stronger and to be more determined to, to, to pursue your goal. So number three is a very grounded, stable commitment to something good. Number one is a commitment to something good that hasn't been tested yet. Number three is a very grounded, stable, having been worked through, been there, done that, faced all the bad guys, energy and commitment that's way stronger than number one. So when we're talking about the three weeks, now we understand the number three energy is a it's a it's an energy in us. Where else are you going to get it? You're going to get that energy from having the goal and then facing the opposition and working it through and not being afraid of the opposition. The three weeks are all about that. So then when we're saying, how can you say chazak, chazak, and chazak in the three weeks? Because there's a secret in the number three that you don't find anywhere else. A secret about commitment. It's a very Jewish commitment. It's the commitment that allows us, that enables us as Yidden to survive Blanhara where no other nation has survived. Every other nation, they came and they went with a lot of fanfare, made a big show, had a lot of power. Definitely sounded like they were going to take over the world, just like it's going on now with the globalists, etc. And the leftist and the leftist corruption, etc., etc., and the anti-Hashem corruption, and the brainwashing that goes along with it, it looks so powerful that it's going to succeed in taking over the world. We've been there and done that. This isn't the first enemy we face. Throughout history, there have been these big, showy, powerful, seemingly powerful nations that really had power for a very long time. And we suffered tremendously at their hands. But in the end, they're all gone. And we who were quieter, we didn't make a lot of noise, but we stood steadfast. And we're still here, Kanainhara, and none of them are here anymore. Because we have access to the secret of a number three Jewish commitment that nobody else has access to. Third base of English, number three, third base of English, third Geula, etc. And it's embedded in the three weeks. 
So we could say that the the energy of three, where you have an opponent, comes in two ways. One, from above. Sometimes the strength of the light of Kedusha that's coming down, it comes into every place. It even comes into a place where there's opposition. And it essentially, because it's such a, a very powerful light from above, it will just obliterate, wipe out all the opposition. That's one way. The other way is from below. That means we're, the light from above just is so strong, it just gets rid of all opposition. The question is, what happens if the opposition comes back? You know, it's like the big guy has to come along, scream at everybody, tell them to all, and everybody gets scared and they run away. If the bullies are bothering you, so you bring the big, you bring the police in. You know, when we talk about defunding the police, so the bullies are bothering people. God forbid. So we call in the police, and the police take them away. And once upon a time, before they were defunded, the police took them away and got rid of the bad guys, and then we felt safe. However, now we come to a moment where Rahmanuslan defunding the police. What do you do when you see the bad guys, the bullies? Police aren't even around to come in and get rid of them. So now it's calling on a deeper strength from below. There's a certain chayzek and taika. There's a certain energy that when we see the bad guys, for us to conquer the bad guys, get them onto our side and get them to assist in Kedusha. In the story of um, Rabbi Wernicker in the school in the South Bronx where he was the principal, they had gone through many principals, several principals per year. It was such a tough place. It was a place of Young kids, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, hardened criminals. Really tough. And he came into this, and the principals would just run away. They couldn't. Because they were trying to control all these bad kids. But he came in and he said, no, no, no. I'm going to get them on my side. He speaks Spanish. He's trained in the army. Lahabdil, he learns a lot of Hasidists. He came in and he said, okay, first of all, let's find the gang leaders and let's get them, let's make them all into a committee. Let's work together with all the gang leaders. Why should I put all the gang leaders in jail? Let's work with the gang leaders. They've got tremendous strength. I'm going to win them over to to my side to assist me in making this school become a successful place. And he did. That's the second way. Not you depend on the higher-ups to do it. But from below, we face the enemy and we're not afraid because we know that that enemy ultimately was created to assist Kedusha. So these two ways are hinted at in Chazak, Chazak, that means Chazak, 
of Parshas Matas Masai. Because the strength of Parshas Matas is the strength that comes from above. The strength of the command of Hashem comes in and wipes out the opposition. The strength of Parshas Masai is comes from below. This is the strength in our Avaida when we purify the places that we travel through. Even though every place is different, as we're traveling, we're traveling through this desert and every single place is different. And yet, We find ourselves constantly moving and moving, but moving out of where? Moving out of Mitzrayim. Moving out of a place of limitations. What limitations? The Mitzrayim and Vulim of the Tachsen. Coming out of Mitzrayim, Masai means we're constantly moving out of the limitations of this physical world that say it's got to be like this and like that and you can't play City Hall. Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim means we move out of those limitations. All the laws of nature are just a little toy for us. For the etzim of a yid, the laws of nature are a little plaything, a little toy. And we move out of them to Eretz Yisrael, to the wideness of Kedusha. That's Masai. There's a strength there that is unparalleled. And that's why when we say Chazak in Masai, Daska, because the strength that you have when you're facing an opponent is emphasized even more in the bureau of the toxin. You're purifying every place that you're traveling through. It's not only that the strength of the light of Kedusha comes into every place, but more than that, you don't mind being involved with the enemy to up to to transform his power from bad to good. You're, you're, you're happy to be involved with the enemy because you know that you have something that no one else has. The power to transform an enemy from an enemy to an ally. You have that energy within you and you can do it with your thoughts and with your approach and your speech and your deed and therefore you'll never ever have to be afraid of the enemies again because you have a transformational energy in them, in you, that transforms enemies into allies. That's Masai. Masai means you're traveling out of Mitzrayim. You're traveling from place to place, and each place has its own problems, enemies. And you transform those problems into into allies. And then you move to the next place, face a whole new set of problems. And then you transform that into something that assists you and and helps Kedusha. And then you go to the next place. That's the energy of Masai. But the wholeness of Chazak is when you put Matas and Matai together.
Because the strength of Matais is there's a light of Kedusha higher than any limitation. It's a very high light. It can do anything. But it doesn't embed itself in the problems down here, so to speak, the toxins. It just kind of wipes them out. One cell group wipes them all out. But it doesn't relate to all of the little problems down here. It doesn't relate to all the little oppositional stuff down here. It just kind of gets rid of it all. So it's a very intense highlight. But it doesn't really relate specifically to all the details of all the opposition down here. The strength of Masai is it's, it's, we're able with Masai energy to up, to transform the enemy. But it's coming from below this energy. So we don't have the power of the light that comes from above. The power of the light that comes from above is divine light. Infinite power. It's superpower. When we do the work down here, we, we do the work in every detail and it's amazing. But we're lacking that heavenly power in its full form. So what do you do? Put the two together. The combination of the heavenly light that can wipe out anything coming from above, no limitations to it, with the work that we do down here in every specific detail, it gets right into the molecular level of every problem, and you put the two together, you've got the combination, the winning Mashiach combination. And so the shlemus of put the two together. So to sum this part up, it's a very powerful kayak. The, pow- the power of three is a very, very powerful kayak. So as a summation for this part of the, the audio, here's the question. How come all of this stuff, this incredible power, is, of course, in the three weeks, we said, three, but then there's one other number that comes into play, and that's the number four. Number four. We are saying Chazak at the end of the fourth book of the Chumash, the fourth sefer of the Chumash. So the fullness of Chazak in Matas Masai comes at the end of the fourth sefer. What does it have to do with four? So we could say, we said what we said about three. Three is a power that comes in the place when you're facing the opponent and you not only maintain your power, but bring out a deeper power in yourself because you're facing an opponent. That's number three. There's only one thing, not wrong, but one little, you know, one little uh, defect to the number three. It comes after one and two. So you still feel the problems of one and two. Two is when you're fully facing the enemy. That's a problem. One is you have a vision, but it's, it's, not very, um, it's not very sturdy. So each of them is a little bit weak. One and two are a little bit weak. Three is pretty strong. But they're following one and two. It's following one and two. Um, 
So when you come to number four, it's like the difference between Friday night and Shabbos, Shabbos morning. Shabbos morning, hopefully, most people are in much better mood. Friday night, you just, you know, you just kind of pull yourself away from, you know, until you turned off your laptop, until you put away, until you, you know, I've been in home, I'm not even going to mention my own, where, you know, somebody says, uh, somebody says, okay, that's it, Shabbos, they turn off the Wi-Fi, and, and then, I remember the, the son was a chassan, and he said, I was in the middle of talking to my colleague, and you just cut us off in the middle of the call. We were doing a Wi-Fi call or something, a WhatsApp call, and you, you, you cut it off, you know, or we were doing a Zoom call, and you, boom, in the middle of the sentence, you just cut us off. So, you know, then you light candles, and you're, you're still feeling like the energy of Friday, a Friday day when it was crazy frenetic work. But by the time you get, and so you're still feeling that contrast. But by the time you get to Shabbos morning, you forgot about Friday. It's a distant memory, hopefully. And now you're in the peace of Shabbos much more. Shabbos morning. So the same thing with number four. When you're in number three, you know, you're still dealing with, oh my goodness, the one and the two. Each one has their problems. So now we're in three, we're stronger. But we still remember it. But when we come to number four, all those problems of number one and two is sort of a distant memory. Four is a level that's just that's not very connected to one and two. You don't count one, two, four. So it's its own peaceful energy. It's its own strong energy. And it's an and what is number four? Well, look around the room. What comes in four? Chairs. Chairs have four legs. What do you do? What do those four legs enable you to do? Sit down. Sit down. Ground yourself. Remember we were saying at the beginning. Ground myself. I could sit here all day. I don't know how long I could stand in one place, but once I'm sitting, then I'm grounded. Tishyashvah. And then, of course, Tishyashvah, Yeshiva, the concept of something settling itself down into you. That's because of the four legs. The, the chair of four legs creates, is, is much, is much more stable than the chair of three legs. A three-legged stool is like, you know, temporarily, you put your stool down, you have a little, you sit down, you take your stool with you to Home Depot, it, it's exhausting there, they don't have enough oxygen, I'm convinced, <laughs> in that place. And, and you look at so many tiles already, you're dizzy from it. And you put down your little three-legged stool, you sit down, you take a rest for three minutes, and then you go back to wandering around, trying to find, <laughs> trying to find everything on the shelf in a million different places. But, a, so the three-legged stool is kind of a temporary thing. The four-legged chair, ah. That's like the lawn chair that they have in the lawn section. You know, you put it out on the lawn, you sit down, ah. Now you're settling down. So four is that very strong, powerful energy of kavua nitzchi, a, a sense of my makam kavua, my permanent place. A, a, your permanent place is, is going to be about four legs. I have this nice armchair in the corner of the living room. 
or they have those kind of plastic armchairs that lean back for $14.99 that you sit on them on the grass and ah, like the old, they're, uh, they're reminiscent of in the 50s, I think, these wooden armchairs, beach chairs that, that would lean back. Ah, you settled. There's a feeling of permanence there. You don't want to get up. You feel rooted and grounded. That's number four. And when you go from four to five, because on Parshas Matas Masai, you're going from four to five. What are we starting to read? The fifth sacred in the Torah. And fifth is Kamisha's Lepara. A very high level of the fifth level of Paro, the revelation of the highest light in a wild but powerful way. And with this Kayach of five, because we're going into the month of Menachem with this Kayach of the fifth month, you have um, the union of Hamshach and Ha'ala, life from above, life, life from below, what Hashem achieves and what we achieve. Like Matas and Masai. Um, and so, so this number four energy, which is then going, is number three energy, three weeks. With number four energy, which is about permanence and being settled. Going into number five energy, the three weeks, the fourth staker, going into the fifth month, and the fifth staker, this on ear, Sivan, Tammuz, oh, right. We're going into the fifth month and the fifth staker, which is a high, wild, transformational, powerful energy. So all of these things come together in this Shabbos at the beginning of the nine days. That's a real chazak, chazak, fanis chazek. Because the whole point, we're in the middle of the gullus, and yet at the same time, we're in the middle of the and the destruction of the base of Nixus. That's what's happening in the three weeks. And yet, of course, what's also happening in the three weeks is the base of Nixus is being destroyed. And the base of Nixus, the new one, is being built. In Surfside, what did they do? They took a building after the one that Rahmanuslan collapsed. They took the other building next to it and they blew it up on purpose in order to continue in the search and whatever they had to do. Those totally so literally in these weeks blowing up a building, destroying a building. I mean, on, for a reason. In, in a beach town. And, and connected with so much mysterious nefesh and so much suffering and so much darkness. And so what's happening in these three weeks is the base of Mizzish is being imploded from within, blown up from inside. And the new one is being built from inside. This is the Chazaka. 
the third base in English, the third Gula. Because the Mila of the base of English of the future, Mikdash Hashem Kanunu Yadecha, is, um, it says, Hashem Yimlach La'aylam Ba'ed. In the future, the whole Malucha will belong to Hashem. That was already said when we came out of Mitzrayim at the Yamsuf, Shirat Yam. That was already said about the binyan of the base of Mizish that we had to build when we came into Eretz Yisrael right away. And if we had been Zaycha, then we would have gone straight into Eretz Yisrael and had the permanent base of Mizish, and that would have been it. And there would not have been any Chorban. But everything is eternal in Tyra including this thing, what's brought as a Kasa Al-Kadaika, what's brought, Ilu Zahu. If we had been Zaycha, we would have had the base of Mizish immediately. When Tyra says, if we had been Zaycha, it means we had, and we have, and we are. This exists right now. After the Hurban, the ending of the Geula, the permanent Geula, the strong, in a way of Chayzik and Taikif, exists right here, right now, ready to be unfolded and ready to open up like a flower. It's not just, oh, we had the chance and we missed it. The chance is here, right here, right now. Then, the strength came from above. So the lower world wasn't able to match it. So there was a Hurban. But now, the strength is coming from below as well. It's not enough, the strength of the Geula that comes from below only. And it's not enough, the strength of the Geula that comes from below. If the strength of Geula comes from above, then down here there's a real mess. If the strength of Geula comes from below, then it lacks that really powerful divine power. Because it's still limited. Therefore, we need both. We need the strength of the Geula, of the building the base of Migdash that comes from above, from Hashem, and comes from below, from us. That, that union creates it. And to end off with this, where do we get that strength to do that? And when? And we'll continue this, the second part of Mr. Shem, maybe tomorrow. The strength comes from the deep inner core of a Jew. So number three, and number four, and number five energy in a Jew. There is that inner strength in us. The number three we said. We stood up. We suffered from all our enemies, Rahman Islam, but we prevailed. We, in our own quiet, deep way, we tapped into our Esam and Nefesh, and we survived where no one else did. That deep inner strength and inner power of number three, of being able to face the, the opponent, it stood us throughout history. The number four energy is that, is that energy of permanence, grounded. We're here forever. We're not going anywhere. We're not like the three-legged stool. The rest of the nations are like the three-legged stool. 
put it down somewhere. It's in, you know, it's it, like sit down. They all sit down. They seem to take over the place, but it's only temporary. They're like a three-legged stool. Like a whole army comes in to a, a big place, and they sit down on their three-legged stools, and look, it looks like they're going to take over the place, but they're on three-legged stools. They're not there forever. We are less visible on some level, but we're on a four-legged chair. We're here forever. They're not. And then the fifth energy is the energy of the Gula, Hamishat Lepara, Esperiu Viskal and Kol the revelation of the highest life of Mashiach. That's, that's our birthright. That's who we are. So with that combination of three, four, and five, that's how we have, from there is the strength for us to transform this Galus to Geula. And being that this Shabbat is in the three weeks, the end of the fourth month, and uh, the end of the fourth Sefer, rather, and going into the fifth month, and the fifth Sefer, so we have the three, four, five, the summation of all of those energies that are our, our power all come together in one Shabbat. And together with Matas and Matai, together with the fact that we are, we have the ruling scepter of Hashem. We always did and we always will. And the whole world will recognize it finally, that the ruling scepter belongs to us because we represent Hashem. That's Matai. And Matai is, we have gone from plate, we were the wandering Jews, constantly on the run. And yet somehow our strength accompanies us. Hashem accompanies us wherever we go. And we end up grabbing the spark of that place and elevating the places we go to. Because Hashem is there with us doing it. So with all of those energies coming together, all in this Shabbos, on this Shabbos, three weeks, end of fourth, Safer, beginning fifth safer, beginning fifth month, Matas and Masai together. We say Chazak, Chazak, Benit Chazak. That is where our real power is, our real strength. And with Hashem, with that deep, deep inner Jewish holy Mashiach power that is our birthright and who we are we will transition the world in these final seconds from darkness to light, from Galus to Geula, before Tisha B'Av, and usher in the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.